What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thanks for hopping on the podcast today. And today we are looking at Jude, and Jude is only one chapter. Oh, I was going to tell a joke. Well, give it to us. <laughs> no, I was going to say like, oh, yeah, chapter two is so good. Just one <laughs> chapter, you guys. <laughs> it's like, oh. whatever. I thought it was going to be funny. You ruined it. Funny. All right. Jude, Jude <laughs> chapter one. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole premise of this chapter is around people taking advantage of God's grace and setting aside God's authority. Yeah. Like, yeah, God, you know, I want you to be kind to me, forgive me, be merciful. But when it comes to me obeying all your commandments and your rules, I'm just going to keep doing my thing mm-hmm. and doing what I want. And so really, this applies to my heart. This applies to your heart. Uh, there's a little bit of this in all of us where we're like, I kind of want to just do what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I always want to submit to you in your ways, Lord. But we believe that God and his way are best. And Jude, I mean, they're throwing heavy words out in this chapter, like contend and naming serious sin. And uh, like a ba- it's, a, it's a battle. It feels like you're in the middle of a battle. Mm-hmm. And so we'll dive in and look at it. But um, yeah, Bob, what would you want to add as we look to kick off? If anything at all? Yeah, I think let's just jump in. That's kind of, I mean, if you've read a little bit about the preemptive stuff about the book of Jude, um, it's kind of, we'll say that Jude was excited to share in the gospel with them. This is some of the little background stuff that I read, but, um, but before he could really get to this exciting part was really, he felt like he needed to address more of the serious side of things with, um, you know, just come some false teaching that had being, was being spread around. And I love what it says in the message version. Um, I think this is the end of verse four when he's talking about what's going on um, in this community. And he says, their design is to replace the sheer grace of our God with sheer license. Like, oh, we're able to do these things because of grace. We can do these things. No, which means doing away with Jesus Christ, our one and only master. And so I like that language too. Sometimes we don't want to say that Jesus Christ is our Lord or our master. You know, we want him to be our friend and we want him to have died on the cross and, and rose again for us so that we can have eternal life. But we don't want him to be Lord, you know, over our life right now. You know, I can, I am good enough at doing that. You know, I can be in charge of myself. Um, and so I just like what Jude is offering here, you know, to this body, but then also Holy Spirit's giving it to us today too, saying, no, let's get back to the basics here and let's get back to handing ourselves over to the Lord. Yeah. And what Jude's getting at is we have personal encounters with God's grace that does not give us freedom to simply do what we want, when we want, how we want. Mm. And so a tagline from this chapter could be that God's saving us from sensuality into sanctification sensuality being promiscuity and most often sexual sin. Mm. So who is Jude contending against here? Well, if you look at verse Mm 4, verse Mm -hmm. 4 in the NIV reads, uh, For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago and have secretly slipped in among you, they're ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license, like Bobby just read, for immorality and deny Jesus Christ as our sovereign Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? If you keep going to verse 6, it talks about how angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains and judgment for the day, uh, for the great day. Talking about Jesus Christ's return and the judgment. Hopping up to verse 8, it talks about how in the same way the people are looking at their dreams, 
They're ungodly people and pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse of celestial beings upon themselves. Uh, in verse 7, right before that, it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, referring to homosexuality, homosexual acts uh, being sin, and that's who Jude is going against. And then also mm-hmm. verses 18 and 19. Verse 18 saying, In the last times there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. And next up, these are people who divide you, who follow their mere natural instincts and do not have the mm-hmm. Spirit. And so it's kind of a laundry list there of, of people that Jude's duking it out with. Yeah. And I think at the, at the heart of it here, though, um, when it comes to God's grace, one of the things that sometimes as American Christians we miss out on is that when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. he, he requires meaningful change. And so, Bobby, you always have a line that you've said um, to me. I, I think that's very helpful. When I it don't says know that pe- that was me. <laughs> well, you or you took it from somebody else. Either way, it's really helpful. Uh, we've heard it said before. I don't know. Maybe it was my own brain. I don't know. But you've probably heard it, too, the line that people talk about often with the gospel that says, come as, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. And that's kind of... Um, you know, there might be some pushback even in your heart a little bit. It might be a trigger word for you there, you know, like, no, Jesus loves me just as I am. And, and that's a hundred percent true. You know, yeah. Roman says that while we're still sinning, Jesus died on the cross for us. Um, and at the same time, while we're in relationship with him, there's also this calling that he invites us into that we actually get to be transformed into his likeness. You know, we're not conformed to the pattern of the world. We're transformed that we have this ability to renew our minds in Christ. And so in that you, you are literally changed, um, in, as as you follow. Exactly. Just a a step-by-step process. And so it's this beautiful picture of what we get to do in relationship with Jesus, not, you know, one day in heaven, but actually today, right here, right now, um, on earth. And so when you look at how the chapters broke down verses five to 16 talks about the challenge Jude's having when it comes to speaking the truth, focusing on Jesus Christ, death, resurrection, ascension. And then verses 17 to 23 talk about how we can contend for the faith. And I just want to stop for a moment because in it, he references this dude named Enoch. And it has caused some confusion. So I want to pause just for a moment and ask, who is Enoch? Why is Jude referencing him? And uh, what's he got to do with what's going on? This Enoch that they're talking about is the seventh guy in Adam's gen- uh, genealogy. So Enoch's the seventh guy. You go back to Genesis, is talking about him. Um, I, I can read this just straight out of the, the study Bible. He's quoting a, a quotation from the book of Enoch, which purports to have been written by Enoch of Genesis 5, but actually doesn't appear until the first century B.C. Uh, the book of Enoch was a well-respected writing in New Testament times, It was not canonical, meaning it wasn't part of the canon. It is not uh, contained in the Bible, but that does not mean it didn't contain any truth. But nor does Jude's quotation of the book mean that he considered it to be inspired. So when he's referencing other literature at that time, it's like me preaching my sermon. And this Sunday I referenced an article from Psychology Today and from CNBC talking about how psychologists have found, they think, a legitimate genetic code that leads some people to happiness and other people not. I'm not saying I agree with that, but I'm referencing it as another um, uh, reference point and another article to help make my case in point. And that's simply what Jude's doing as he's writing. He's looking at other 
writers and, and seeing how, what are they saying and how does it help his message here. So I guess the, how we want to end today is just asking ourselves, what does it look like to actually contend for the faith? Because we could all agree that while we look around, there's all kinds of stuff on the news, stuff we're bumping into, uh, maybe stuff you're even battling in your own thoughts, your theology, your understanding of God, his grace, his truth. Uh, what do relationships look like? And so, mm-hmm. Bob, what does it look like for us to contend to, for the faith? That's, let's, I'm just going to read verses 21, 22, and 23. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them to others. Show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Mm-hmm. Corrupted flesh. Yeah. So what does it look like to contend? What's the first thing I guess you take away? Yeah. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in God's love. And one way that we know that uh, we show God's love is by obeying his commands. But um, anyway, before we even get to the rest of it, keeping ourselves in God's love, um, I think is one of the most just beautiful and also sometimes difficult things that we can do um, because there is this initiative, you know, whether it's sitting down and reading your Bible or maybe it's just sitting down to be quiet. Maybe it's meditating. Maybe it's fasting. Maybe it's, um, I'm not sure, you know, those are often referred to as spiritual disciplines because they're just helpful things that we can, that we can do um, to remind us and bring us back to center with who God is and what he's done in our lives. But, um, I do think that that is like, Oh my goodness, how can we abide? How figure that out for you? Um, because before you can love anybody else, well, you need to be able to receive God's love, a new, new mercies every day. Mm -hmm. Um, so for sure, um, yeah, that spoke to me. I feel like verse 21 for sure. Mm -hmm. 22, be merciful to those who doubt. Um, I think, um, that's a different kind of contending. Like when we sometimes, you know, you think contending, like Clark said, it's this picture of like boxing or fighting, being merciful, being kind, being patient, being, um, you know, long suffering with people coming alongside and journeying with people. Sometimes that, that can be slow. Uh, but that's, mm-hmm. I think that's a picture of that, of, of contending, you know, it just may be a different picture. And then, um, oh, I want to jump in right there real do. quick. When it comes to being merciful to those who doubt, I, I guess in my flesh sometimes I react to the world, and I feel like it's just getting more and more perverted every day. You, get, you turn on the news, there's some new study, there's some kind of new relationships, there's people trying to have multiple relationships, there's men with men, women with women, and it's just like, holy cow, it just seems like Pandora's box is being opened. Mm. And um, my flesh wants to yell. My flesh wants to react. My flesh, my flesh wants to set people straight. Mm-hmm. Where I haven't ever heard of anybody being yelled at, beaten, and dragged into the kingdom of God. Um, hey, buddy. You want to say hi? Okay, come say hi real quick. This is Cal. Say hi. Hi, say I'm Cal. Say God bless you. God bless you. Okay, we're almost done. I'll come play with you in just a minute, okay? Um, I haven't heard of anybody getting kicked and dragged and punched into the kingdom of God by actually being loved in. And so that's how my spirit is is encouraged in this, where it's like, be merciful, Clark. God's yeah. been merciful to you. Mm-hmm. Be kind. Be gentle. And, um, yeah, I think that's, look at verse 23 then. You actually go after other people. Um, it talks about how you want to save people from the fire. An image I have in my head is if I have someone walking across the street and I see they're about to get plastered by a, a car on the way 
what are we going to do? We're going to jump into the street and regardless of, of our safety, try our best to yell, scream, tackle them, pull them out, to do what we can to appropriately save them. And that's actually the most loving thing we can do to try to save and help. Mm-hmm. So I think the same is true with our souls. When people are, are diverting from God and his way, we can kindly and graciously have honest conversation where we call out sin, but you invite people back into following the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And even though it's awkward, it's intimidating, we don't even know what we're going to say sometimes, it's the most loving thing we can do. So as we wrap up today, Bobby's going to give you the end of Jude actually as a blessing. And as always, we want to hear from you what stood out from this jam-packed chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys, receive this on your Wednesday. This is actually my favorite part of the book. Here it goes. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day. Thank you.